engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Dear kids, this letter is about aging. Last year, there was only a tiny sense of time left, of sand running through the glass. I want to put this aging on hold for a while now. I don't expect to be on the A-team anymore, but I want to play golf with you, and I want to fish or throw shoes, and I want to rejoice in your victories, and I want to be there for you if you get a bad bounce in life, and no doubt you will, for the seas do indeed get rough. When I say be there, I mean in the game, in the lineup, viscerally involved in your lives, even though I might be miles away. If I shed tears easier now, try not to laugh at me, because I'll lose more saline, and that makes me feel like a sissy. And besides, it's okay to cry if you're a man, a happy man, me. Gall bushes cry easily when we're happy, or counting our blessings, or sad. As the summer finishes out and the seas get a little higher, the wind's a little colder, I'll be making some notes so I can add to this report on getting older. Remember the old song, I'll be there ready when you are? Well, I'll be there ready when you are, for there's so much excitement ahead, so many grandkids to watch grow. If you need me, I'm here. Devotedly, Dad. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB, the first official day of mourning for the 41st President of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush, the last World War II veteran to serve as president. We go live now to the United States Capitol where Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is reflecting on President Bush. To fly higher still. And he did it with modesty and kindness that would have been surprising in someone one-tenth as tough and accomplished as he was. The patriot who lies before us was blessed with many gifts. But there was no doubt which he prized most of all. A great love story began at that Christmas dance when George Bush met Barbara Pierce. And the grace and virtue they taught their children have enriched this nation through a family of leaders. Today, the nation stands with that family, with our 43rd president, with Jeb, Neil, Marvin, and Doro, and all the Bush grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We stand with you in mourning, but also in gratitude. Gratitude for lives well-lived and duties thoroughly fulfilled. This is live from the United States Capitol. Senator Mitch McConnell speaking there. The entire Bush family assembled and surviving members of the Bush cabinet. Uh, the Supreme Court justices are there. President Trump will be arriving in a short time to pay his respects. There will be an overnight honor guard as the American public is allowed into the Capitol uh, for 24 hours a day for 41 total hours for the 41st president to pay their respects. Speaker of the House Paul Ryan has taken to the podium. Like so many I feel a personal debt of gratitude today 
a sentiment no doubt countless millions of Americans are feeling at this moment. The 1988 campaign. Well, uh, the feed just froze for CNN. Let's try to get that back here for a minute. I do want to take your phone calls as well tonight to remember uh, President Bush. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The day after the first debate, the whole experience really drew me into politics. He was the first president I had the chance to vote for. And he was the first president to teach me and many of us that in a democracy, sometimes you fall short. And that how you handle that, that is just as important as how you win. An old preacher once said, Grace is but glory begun, and glory is but grace perfected. Grace is but glory begun, and glory is but grace perfected. Glory is transcendent in the life of our republic. This rotunda is a trumpet call to glory. Tributes to the giants all the way up into the sky. Grace, grace is different. It's more elemental. It is not larger than life. It is the stuff of life, the connective tissue in a free society. It deepens the well of our common humanity. Throughout his life of service, President Bush personified grace. His character, his character was second to none. He reached the heights of power with uncommon humility. He made monumental contributions to freedom with a fundamental decency that resonates across generations. No one better harmonized the joy of life and the duty of life. There's that indelible image of him as Commander-in-Chief during the Gulf War, waving to a sea of troops during a visit during Thanksgiving. There are all these images we have of him as a devoted husband, that twinkle in his eye that Barbara always brought out, especially in those big, huge family photos you all had in Kenny Bunkport. This one I, I will never forget. There was that image of him as a loving father reaching out to hold his son's hand at the National Cathedral after 9-11. There's this letter he wrote his children on the last day of 1990 as he wrestled with a decision over Operation Desert Storm. He begins by recounting the family Christmas and he apologized if he seemed distracted. I tried not to be, he writes. Then for about a page, he elaborates on his struggle over sending young Americans into harm's way. Twice in the letter, he writes, every human life is precious. And the original copy, he adds by hand a note wishing his family a new year. 
in consequential times, George Herbert Walker Bush demonstrated the finest qualities of our nation and of humankind. A great leader and a good man. A gentle soul of firm resolve. We're listening to Speaker Paul Ryan eulogizing President George H.W. Bush at the U.S. Capitol. The uh, state ceremony inside the Capitol there for President Bush, who will lay in state, lie in state uh, until Wednesday morning, where his body will then be taken uh, by horse and carriage to the National Cathedral for a formal funeral in Washington, D.C. I'm Eric Erickson. You're listening to WSB. It is 26 after the hour. It is Eric Erickson here. I want to pivot back here in the remaining couple of minutes here before the bottom of the hour newscast to go to uh, the U.S. Capitol. Vice President Pence speaking at the... I didn't state service for President Bush. Former president, I uh, I just wrote as a proud dad of a Marine aviator to a former Navy pilot. I asked him to sign a picture of the flight deck that I could give to my son. Now we were told by the staff that the president had long since ended the practice of signing autographs, and we understood that. But little to my surprise. Just in time for my son's winging, there came not only a signed photograph, but, of course, a letter, hand-signed as well, August 2018. In that letter, President Bush wrote to my son in his words, congratulations on receiving your wings of gold. I know how proud you and your family are at this moment. And then in words that assured us that the letter came directly from him, he wrote, quote, Though we have not met, I share the pride your father has for you during this momentous occasion, and I wish you many C-A-V-U days ahead. All the best, G. Bush. I would come to learn that that acronym CAVU, for short, is a term Navy pilots have used since World War II. It stands for Sealing and Visibility Unlimited. President Bush described CAVU in his words as the kind of weather we Navy pilots wanted when we were to fly off our carrier in the Pacific. And he once wrote a, a letter to his children saying that CAVU in his words, describes my own life as it's been over the years and as it That's is. That's Vice President now. Pence speaking at the Capitol. in here 39 after the hour taking your phone calls as we remember the life of George H.W. Bush 41st president of the United States 43rd vice president of the United States uh, he probably more than any uh, president of the United States it, it, it's always one of those those pet peeves you know 
where Republicans argued in 2016 that Donald Trump was, was the most qualified person to be president because of his, his business career, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the Democrats said, no, no, Hillary Clinton is more qualified than anyone. Uh, even Barack Obama's staff said uh, she's more qualified than anybody to be president of the United States ever. And I'm like, um, George H.W. Bush is more qualified to be president than anyone since George Washington or J uh, John Adams, when you think about it. He was, just to his resume, after leaving World War II, going to college at Yale, uh, starting an oil company, he was the U.N. ambassador, was the first United States ambassador to China. He was the CIA director, the chairman of the Republican National Committee, vice president of the United States for eight years, and president of the United States for four years. Uh, this man was made to be president of the United States, and much like Winston Churchill being thrown out of office after the end of World War II, after the end of the Cold War, uh, President Bush summarily dispatched for a younger generation, there will be no more World War II veterans uh, to serve as president of the United States. Uh, let's tune in real quick here. We have the Navy Choir in Washington, D.C., uh, singing now um, in departure of the state service. Eternal Father, strong to save. It's the naval anthem. It is impressive to see they have the uh, Bush cabinet has assembled, led by Vice President uh, Quayle, normally Vice President Cheney, having also been a Secretary of Defense and a Chief of Staff to a President, would actually precede Vice President Quayle, but because this is the funeral of President George H.W. Bush, Vice President Quayle, his vice president, is giving precedent over uh, other vice presidents who might be there. Uh, just diplomatic services there. Senate Chaplain Barry Black giving the benediction. Courage, excellence, service, intellect, humility, civility, and spirituality. As we celebrate this well-lived life, challenge us, O oh God, to also leave the world better than we found it. Continue to comfort those who mourn. Touch each member of the Bush family with your mercy, love, and grace. And God, Support us all the day long until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world lies hushed and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in your mercy, grant us a safe lodging and a holy rest and a peace at last. We pray in the name of George Herbert Walker Bush's Savior and friend, 
Jesus Christ. Amen. And the service there concludes in Washington, D.C., in the rotunda of the United States Capitol. Uh, the president's body will uh, lie in state over the next uh, 41 hours, allowing people to go into the Capitol. They will have it open throughout the night. I have numerous friends, some of whom have taken their kids out of school uh, and hopped the first flight they could out of Atlanta to get up there to stand in line and pay their respects to President Bush. Uh, the other President Bush there now, paying his respects to the casket. Uh, behind him, Jeb Bush, former governor of Florida, uh, and Neil Marvin Dora Bush as well, the other Bush children, and members of Congress around the rotunda there watching. Uh, let's go on to begin taking your phone calls tonight, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Up first, Carl tonight. Welcome to the program, Carl. Good evening. Thank you for having me on, Eric. Sure. So I was part of the Presidential Honor Guard I'm in the Navy from 82 to 89, and part of my job was what you saw those guys do today, which was to carry the president or carry a person home. And Robert Steedham was one of the one, one of the jobs that I did. And I remember when we came out of the C-5, we made the right turn going down toward the family, and President or Vice President Bush was standing there at the time with his hands over his heart. And when we got done, when we finished and we turned the walk off, he said, great job, guys. And it just stuck with me. And it is something that, you know, we cherish when we do those jobs, that we do them very professionally and that we leave an, an impression upon every family member and every person that's there that, you know, we do it with respect. And that comment just has stayed with me for years. And I am saddened that he's transitioned, but I know he's in a better place. Well, Carl, thanks very much for the phone call. It, it really is amazing the the stories of just generosity and grace uh, President Bush and Barbara Bush as well. I, I met them a couple of times. Uh, the, the first time being I was a college student. I guess I was in law school, actually, at the Crown Plaza Ravinia up there by Perimeter Mall. He was coming through raising support for George W. Bush's presidential run and met them in the foyer. I was involved with the college Republicans at the time, and they, they stopped and spoke. And, I mean, I, I was a nobody, and they were, they were definitely people, somebody, and they spent some time there just in the hallway with us uh, in, in the, the lobby area. Speaking just wonderful, wonderful people, George and Barbara Bush. Uh, we have lost two profoundly decent human beings today, and it's just it's kind of amazing to see people, most people, left, right, and center, being willing to praise President Bush's civility, warmth, and sincerity, uh, particularly at a time like this when people are so divided. It is 55 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Very notable. Jamie Dupree and I are just trading emails about this. The United States Supreme Court uh, was last of the official dignitaries, the third branch, to pay their respects to the body of President George H.W. Bush. Uh, all were present except Justice Ginsburg. Justice Kennedy uh, came in her stead. Uh, Justice Ginsburg, of course, fell and broke her ribs uh, two weeks ago now and was unable to attend. But all the other members of the Supreme Court, including Clarence Thomas, who George H.W. Bush put on the Supreme Court, were all present. Let's go back to the phones. Dave, you are next. Welcome to the program. About a year after the president was out of office, uh, I went with a group of uh, guys from Settendown to a golf tournament at Sea Islands. 
we left on a Friday and got to the club at Friday afternoon. And it just so happened that it was the same weekend as Daddy Bush's 50th wedding anniversary, and he was there to celebrate with Barbara. And I, I came out of the locker room changing my shoes and almost bumped into two huge Secret Service guys and he. And he said, oh, excuse me, excuse me, sorry about that. So, and I said, well, th- thanks for everything you did, Mr. President. He said, you're very welcome. Huh. So we went and had lunch, and he had lunch, and he waved at me from the other lunch table when he saw me. Then we went out to hit balls, and there was a big tournament, and it was hard to get a spot to hit, and it was hard to get a bucket of balls, so we started warming up. And then he came out with his wife, and the only spot that was really open is he saw me, and he came up next to me, and he said, do you mind if I squeeze in here? And I said, no, that's great, Mr. President. Here. I gave him half my bucket of balls, and we, we hit some balls and talked about just golf type stuff that's fantastic dave i i gotta let you go there i'm afraid we got a hard break coming up but thank you very much for that Hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. President George H.W. Bush is now lying in state in the United States Capitol before the public can file by to pay their respects to the president. The White House staff and the Secret Service will be paying their respects. That has begun now. The U.S. Supreme Court, the last of the official uh, officials to who pay respects after the Bush 41 cabinet paid their respects. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, not present. Justice Kennedy, uh, retired Justice Kennedy, taking her place this evening. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, broke ribs two weeks ago, and it was a standing room only. I suspect a little bit much for her this evening. The rest of the justices there. Uh, it is somewhat uncommon to have members of the Supreme Court in a situation like that, but there are exceptions, including for the President of the United States. The third branch of government, uh, the judiciary branch, does not lay a wreath. Uh, for a president, the executive branch, as well as the House and the Senate laid wreaths around the president's casket before his family and dignitaries filed past. The public will be able to file past the casket for 41 hours for the 41st president before the formal state funeral on Wednesday. He will be taken via the Lincoln Catafalque to the Washington National Cathedral. Uh, I was told it would be by horse and carriage, uh, but now I'm told they may be rethinking this due to weather uh, and will be taking it by hearse to the uh, to Washington National Cathedral on Wednesday for the funeral. Uh, after the funeral on Wednesday, his body will be taken um, by Air Force One. Uh, the president has said it's okay to call it Air Force One, although it's actually uh, Special Mission 41 will be taken back to Houston. There will be a, another service there Wednesday evening, and then Thursday morning his body taken to Texas A&M University to be laid next to rest, uh, laid to rest next to uh, Barbara Bush and Robin Bush, his child who died at three of leukemia there at the Bush Presidential Library. I want to take your phone calls, uh, your memories of President George H.W. Bush, 
uh, your thoughts on President George H.W. Bush. I do not want to get into the partisan mess tonight of the uh, he comparing President Trump to him. I, I think there's a time for that. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, I do have some strongly held views on President George H.W. Bush. He and I did not always see eye to eye. I was actually in high school when he left office. It was later in my life when I was in law school and then out of law school that I met him, uh, obviously met his son, and did not always see eye to eye, but had tremendous respect for them, for that whole family, for Jeb Bush as well, uh, who I've got to know a little bit, and George P. Bush, his grandson, now in the Texas uh, Land Commission there in Texas. Uh, just got reelected there, as a matter of fact. The phone number here, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. Uh, I want to go next to Bob, who has been waiting patiently. Bob, thanks very much. Hey, I just met him in 1992. Me and my wife, he was a gentleman. Um, it was a, on the campaign trail. Uh, he shook my hand, asked me my name, asked me what business in, and wished me well. And I just want to say that he's a gentleman, and America's lost a great hero and a great man. Yes, they have. Thank you very much, Bob, for that phone call. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Also this week, while we are mourning the loss of the 41st president, this is not something very common. Uh, you know, when, when Gerald Ford died, he was the last president to die. He was very insistent that there not be a big ceremony for him as he only fulfilled the term of Richard Nixon, had not actually been elected. He did not want the pomp and circumstance usually owed to a president. This is the closest we get to celebrating royalty in this country when a president passes. The, the the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the leaders of the military, the Congress, the executive branch all get together along with the Supreme Court. Uh, governors of the several states all invited to pay their respects and to participate in a funeral service for a deceased president. It is not something common. Uh, before Gerald Ford, it was Ronald Reagan in, 19, or in 2005. Uh, that was a big, big ceremony, including the, the horse and carriage down Independence Avenue to the Capitol. We're not even going to see that level of pomp and circumstance here. George H.W. Bush did not want that level of pomp and circumstance. Uh, but uh, it was it's going to be very, very fascinating uh, to see this funeral on Wednesday. We will carry the funeral live here on WSB. Before I get back to phone calls, Jim Baker was President George H.W. Bush's best friend and was in the room as he passed away uh, on Friday night. I would bet this is true with uh, Dick Cheney as well. He was the very best one-term president this country's ever had and uh, perhaps one of the very best presidents of all time. But he didn't blow his own horn. He was he. Uh, one of his uh, wonderful character traits was to let other people take credit, uh, that was something he was brought up with, and that's the way he, he operated. But he was an extraordinarily, if you think about it, you go back and look at the record, he was an extraordinarily consequential uh, president of the United States, particularly in the arena of foreign affairs. Yes, he was. The first president to call the military into war after Vietnam Think about that, the, the number of years that passed between Vietnam and the uh, Panama invasion and then the Gulf War. And he was the president who oversaw the fall of the Soviet Union and the rebuilding of Eastern Europe, the integration of Western and Eastern Germany. Uh, vastly, just a, a significantly, profoundly consequential man on the world stage. To the phones we go. Robert in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome. 
Hey, hello. How are you doing tonight? Great. How are you? Oh, doing great. I've had a wonderful experience as a young Republican at the University of Tennessee when H.W. was running against Reagan in the primaries and was able to participate in two Secret Service motorcades on his entrance and exit of Knoxville during the campaign and carried H.W.'s luggage in my vehicle in that motorcade and met him a couple of times, jogged with him, et cetera, and certainly was a prince of a guy. Uh, I was very impressed with him, and especially at such a young age. He really was just a, a wonderful person with such a great sense of humor about him as well. Uh, really, really just uh, the whole family are just good people to be in that league uh, the, the Associated Press, of course, famously tweeted out that the patrician Bush who lost to Clinton died. It was a horrible tweet, but it, 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 it that patrician word has been used a lot about him. And there's a fair characterization there. Um, but he he was an everyman as well. He, he loved his, his chili dogs and hamburgers and loved hanging out with folks at baseball games. He was just a profoundly, profoundly funny, good, decent human being. Adam from Mansfield, you're next. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? About 90 or 91, I took a picture with my A-10 Warthog shirt on on George Sr.'s lap because my dad was one of his Point of Light Award uh, winners, I guess. (laughs) It was a pretty cool experience. Still got the Polaroid. Oh, I bet so. A Polaroid, huh? For those of you who don't know, that's a a primitive picture technology. (laughs) Yeah, I was a big Desert Storm fan. Kept a little scrapbook and everything. That's awesome, Adam. That that's great. 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Doc from Woodstock, you're next. Welcome. Thank you. Sure. Okay, I was going to tell you my little uh, Bush moment. We were on getting ready to deploy, and he he, he was there to give us our powwow and have a safe trip. About the time he shakes hands, my cell phone goes off. He looks down, so well, he's going to answer that. I'm like, well, it can't be that important. And he just steps over the next guy. I reach down, pull out of my pocket, and not only did I turn it on, but I also hit speakerphone. It's like, hey, Doc, uh, guess what? said, uh, she had a boy. You're an uncle. He stops and turns around. Well, congratulations. said, uh, now you got something to look forward to come back home to. Huh. Very. There are so many people who have stories like this, Doc. Thanks very much for that. It's just, just, a, it, just a profoundly... Good, and I keep saying it profoundly decent person, but he really was. He really didn't care what political party you were in. He just viewed people as Americans. Um, just, just a good guy. I want to go on and take a timeout here, so I can come back and spend more time with your phone calls. Now, back to the phones we go here. Let's see. Uh, Stephen in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Steve O'Connor. We used to work at Eagle Publishing. You might remember. Oh, yes, sir. How are you? I'm fine. We're building urgent cares now. I'm not in the media business. But if you remember, I was the publisher of the Budapest Business Journal and chairman of Republicans Abroad. And the ambassador had me over for a, a nice little reception for the president and Barbara when the Hungarian government gave him an award for uh, – ending the Cold War, helping them end the Cold War. And um, Barbara got to me first. I said, Mrs. Bush, I'm not sure if I'm going to get a chance to speak to your husband, but my Uncle Billy served on the USS Finback, the submarine that pulled your, your husband out of the Pacific 
and I'm wearing his cufflinks he gave me, and all of a sudden she just bellowed across the room, George, get over here. That's uh, <laughs> very typical he, of them. He came to attention, and he marched right over to me, and I told him the story, and he was ecstatic. He was he said if it hadn't been for submar- the submariners like my uncle, he wouldn't be standing there, and he was asking me about Eastern Europe at the time. Uh, and it was a wonderful, he was a wonderful gentleman, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. And, and as you know, they were killing the pilots on that island he, he got shot down off of, and they were bayoneting them and eating their livers and thigh muscles. Yeah. After they were, and they, were, they eventually did prosecute those Japanese officers. But it was a wonderful moment. I've got a great picture from it. That That's fantastic. Too. Well, thanks for calling. It's good to hear from you, Stephen. Let's go to Peyton in Swanee. You're next. Welcome. Hey, thanks. Uh, I got to, by happenstance, almost run into George Bush. I was doing my clinical rotation at MD Anderson, turned the corner in the back halls of the hospital, and there he was with the Secret Service people. I almost bumped into the Secret Service people, then he looks down at me, cause, you know, he's pretty tall, and just said, nice to almost bump into you, uh, young man. <laughs> <laughs> he really was our commander-in-chief. He, yeah. he was great. He really was. Uh, Peyton, thanks very much for that. William in Snellville, you're next. Welcome. Yeah, I was with Dole Fine Hill during the 96. We flew into Kennebunk, and uh, I was impressed because uh, H.W. stood at the bottom of the stairs and waited for everybody to get off the airplane and shake my hand as, as one captain to another, I guess. I, I thought that was nice. Yeah, yeah, so many stories like this. Thank, thank you very much, William. My, my favorite George H.W. Bush story is one that can't be repeated on radio. <laughs> it really is the best. I'm sorry. I can't say it on air. It's not actually my story. It happened to a, a friend of mine, but so funny. Uh, just a profound sense of humor and a profound sense of loss tonight in the nation. The last World War II veteran to serve as president of the United States. The only family other than the Adamses to put forward two presidents to the United States. Uh, George H.W. Bush one time commented to a biographer uh, that John Adams was well-read and loved Latin, so stop comparing them because he hated Latin. <laughs> just a wonderful sense of humor. It, 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 it just it helps you get along in life to have a good sense of humor and a great spouse as well. He was very blessed with Barbara Bush. They will not miss an anniversary together in heaven. Uh, Their next anniversary in January, they'll be there together with their daughter Robin.